Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Around the Rim. I'm your host, Michael Diemer, along with Kevin Placho once again. Kevin, say hello. Hello. To the we are back. Episode two of the 2022-23 Robert Morris women's basketball season. And we've got we've got a little bit of, of loose ends to tie up, I suppose, Michael. Yes, we do. Today is February 8th, 2023. Coming off their last last game was a win against Purdue Fort Wayne, Kevin why don't we start off with the impressive win, a much-needed win for this Colonial basketball team? Yeah, so the, this is a very good win from this Robert Morris team. Uh, very good post-play once again with Phoenix Gideon leading, I believe, all scores. Yes, all scores with 23 points, 11 rebounds, 10 of them being defensive rebounds, another double-double in what has been an awesome season for her. And the Colonials were able to eclipse that 70-point mark for well, not not the not the first time, but it hasn't been very often that they've been able to eclipse that seventy point mark. And you know, credit to head coach Charlie Biscali and his team; they were able to get to the free throw line twenty seven times, make twenty of them. Uh, that was a huge boost in their offensive numbers, and just being able to hold Purdue Fort Wayne to under thirty percent from the floor, twenty percent from three. You know, I obviously he he probably had some not so nice things to say about. Uh, Purdue Fort Wayne getting to the line 29 times mm-hmm. but um, you know that's, that's just how it goes sometimes I, it, it seems like the the referees are blowing the whistle a lot in that game you know 56 combined free throw attempts but a very very nice confidence building just just a nice win you know it has to feel good especially after those previous two games which we'll get into in a moment you know you weren't really sure what what you were going to get coming out of those two games, especially on the on the road. But a very nice win. I definitely agree with you on that. It was a very impressive win. We did say that uh, that there were two games before this. And also, we, we'd like to mention that a lot of steals for this Colonial team. They had 16 steals on the afternoon. Six of them belonged to Rebecca Duomo. She had also six rebounds as well, 14 points on the day. Played all 40 minutes. For the Colonials, she played all 40 minutes, uh, a s- eight or seven-man rotation or seven-woman rotation with only Danny Voltich and Natalie Johnson coming off the bench. I would like to say real quick, Michael, I, yeah. I'm I'm noticing you said the 16 steals. I'm noticing that each team committed 23 turnovers each. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised that this game was as high-scoring as it was, with both teams <laughs> having 23 turnovers and yeah. you know, 23 personal fouls for the Colonials and 24 for Purdue Fort Wayne. Like, Wow, it was must have been a, a very scrappy affair. Scrap, a scrappy affair, <laughs> a, indeed. Purdue Fort Wayne is now seven and seven in Horizon League play. Definitely a better record than the Colonials, but now they improved to three and eleven. So a seventy-one to sixty-three decision in at on the road, no less. They haven't had a road victory since their first Horizon League game against Wright State on December second. So definitely a much-needed win on the road. Going into the previous game before that, that was in Cleveland State on February 2nd. It was a 61-43 to loss in Cleveland, Ohio. Kevin, why don't we go into that game? Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't like to rag on any college basketball team. No matter who I'm talking about, it, it doesn't matter if it's men's, women's, college, pro, whatever. I, I don't really like to, to rag on, on people, but I, the, the offense just, just abandoned them again. Right, and it's kind of been a theme all season. 
whenever the shots don't fall, whenever the threes don't fall, you know, it's really hard for this colonial team to win games. Cause obviously it's really hard to hold your opponent to, to say 50 points even. Yep. Uh, when you have a junior guard, destiny Leo, who pops off for 30 points, 10 for 17 from the floor, seven for eight from the free throw line. You know, it's, it's really hard to hold a team to 50 points. It's really hard to win any basketball game, especially at the college level, 50 to 49, uh, 55, 54, you know, the, the colonials have done it. They, they beat George Mason, uh, I believe 53, 52. It was, it was low scoring. Um, but it's really hard to do whenever the offense doesn't get going. And I mean, that was just another example here. Uh, uh, like I said, Phoenix Gideon uh, has just been the, the main person, the main star of this team this season, 14 points, 16 rebounds. I mean, another double, double yeah. every game. It seems like she has a double, double. She's always there. She's always filling up the stat sheet. Michael, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this game. Yeah, for sure. The offense definitely wasn't there. It was in the first quarter, though. It was tied 17-17 to going yeah. in, but then Cleveland State scoring 17 points again in the second with the Colonials only having three I would in also, the second quarter. Yeah, uh, uh, jumping back in real quick, I, I would also like to say that Cleveland State is a very good basketball team. Yes. Right? They're 22-3 they're and three overall. 11-2 in Horizon League play. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're a very, very good basketball team. And, you know, holding them to 61 – that's honestly not too bad. But like I said, when the offense abandons you, it's hard to beat any team, let alone a team that's one of the best in the Horizon League. Not going into any like speculation or anything, that was an 11 o'clock tip-off on a weekday. So Ooh. I don't know how different of <laughs> an environment that may be for the Colonials or any team whatsoever, but yeah. that definitely might be some sort of advantage, especially if you're coming on the road that's against a, a really point. good basketball team. You said Destiny Leo had 30 points on the day. Also, I mentioned before that they only had three points in the second quarter. They went one for ten on the floor and one for six from three. So the offense definitely struggled, and it wasn't. It was just tough sledding from there. They outscored them seventeen to twelve, but that was in garbage time of the fourth quarter. So it definitely was not a not the game that Charlie Biscayga or the team had in mind. However, as you said, Phoenix Gideon had sixteen rebounds. I believe that's. I don't know if that's a season high. If you know. For a fact, I'm I not. do not know off the top of my head, but it's it seems pretty high. Yeah, at least this. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, hey, it's hard to tell with all of her double doubles. It's been hard to keep track of how many season high rebounds she's had, how many season high points she's had. For sure, Mackenzie Amelia had 38 minutes on the on 38 minutes, but she went two for eight on the f- from the field and one for seven from three. So if you're gonna have some, you kind of need some valuable minutes from her but it didn't look like she had any valuable minutes i would say with with the tough it's, shooting yeah, performance she had seven points on the day you know it's that there's always a lot of of talk about about shooting and you know whenever you're you're in a shooting slump or whenever you're you're struggling to to get the ball through the ba- the ball through the basket uh i i guess I, i've asked coach Pascalia this a couple of times post game but uh he always says like you know, you're going to get into the gym and you're going to shoot and you're going to shoot and you're going to shoot. And obviously that, that seems like the only logical way to fix your shooting game. But I, I kind of want to know if like there's any specific, any specific drills done. You know what I mean? Like, like for, if you have somebody like watch the form and see like, you know, do you need to release the shot a little bit earlier, a little bit later? Uh, Do you need to, 
jump a little less. Like you need to kick your feet a little bit less. Like, I don't know, just, just a little bit of like a little bit of tweaking done. I wonder if that ever comes into consideration. And I mean, I'm sure it does. Cause you know, these college coaches are watching and the assistants are watching probably literally everything to yeah. see if anything's off and anything needs fixed. But, uh, I'm just curious if like the, the first instinct is always like, Oh, I'm going to get in the gym and shoot more. But mm-hmm. I wonder if there's ever like a, you know, I'm going to get in the gym and I'm going to record myself shooting a bunch and see like if the forms offer, there's anything I can notice about yeah. what I need to fix. I'm, I'm just curious if that ever, if that ever comes into play. Definitely something to look forward to in the remaining parts of, or I guess the home stretch of this season, by the yeah. way, going back to the Fiends Gideon for the rebounds, that is not her season high. Her season high is 19. Jeez. That was against Wright state Jeez. on December 2nd, that impressive that. win in the horizon league yep. opener going to the then we go backwards to the game before that. Yep. Probably the probably the most like highlighted game go in, on this episode today was on January 28th. That Saturday it was an 83 to 49 defeat Saturday. against the Raiders. Like I said, Wright State they already beat them before. They beat them on the road, and it was very very impressive to see, especially with the hot start that they had. You definitely thought that they were gonna have a, I guess an they would just feed it off from there, but an 83 to 49 loss. I believe that is the worst defeat in ever since they joined the horizon league. I don't like, how do you explain yeah. that? One, Kevin? Um, so 11 days ago, Saturday, January 28th, 83 to 49 loss to a team that is currently, let's see here, four and 20 and three and 11 yep. in horizon league play. Uh, we talked about this last episode and, uh, sort of the nonchalance in which we talked about it, sort of this this result came at me very out of the blue. Yep. Uh, it came at me very sideways. It yep. came at me very unexpectedly because I personally did not expect the Colonials to lose by 34 to the Wright State Raiders. But, I mean, that's what happened. Like you mentioned, it is the it was the worst – uh, conference loss in the Horizon League since they joined. So in their in their I guess what two and a half seasons, but this is their third season. So right. in their two and a half seasons to three seasons in the Horizon League, it, it has it is their worst loss in conference play. And Michael, I'll be honest, I'm not really sure where to start. Um, it, it's it's kind of been the the same thing. You know they they had eighteen they had eighteen turnovers. And Wright State had just seven. Uh, Wright State had five players in double figures. The Colonials had two. Which I mean, two. It, it seems like it's 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 usually like Phoenix Gideon and 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 Co. But you know, Simone Morris had a nice game. She had 14 points, five for 14 from the floor. Uh, Daniel Vulatich was was working her magic inside. She went two of three from the three point line. Two, uh, five for seven from the floor. She also had 14 points. Um, I, I don't really know. Like, I'll be honest. I don't really know what we, happened. Uh, I they, they took a lot of shots, Wright State. They went they went 29 of 65, so they shot 44% from the floor. Uh, 12, they took 35 threes, which is a lot, yes. and they made 12 of them. So, I mean, there's 36 points there. Colonials yeah. only had 49. Uh, free throws, 13 to 16. You know, you take the threes and the free throws, that's 49 points right there. Yep. Uh, just a very balanced attack made their shots when they needed to and I, I 
I don't know. It's just it was just a very shocking loss, and I see it just that that Purdue for Wayne win was sorely needed. Yes, after that, games like this, exactly. After like that, this 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 loss to Wright State was the low point. It was rock bottom. Yeah, of this season, they needed something. And to like like head, that. you know, Coach Pascalia didn't look. He looked very off, and and everybody seemed very down. Yep. And I mean, it, he always preaches. You know, coming in, doing the hard work, overcoming the adversity, and like you keep knocking on the door. And he's told he's told me before it can get redundant when you continue to fall. Yep. And I mean, that point right there was the lowest point of the season. And you know what? You got to give credit to the team for coming back, and you know, tied with Cleveland State after the first quarter, who a team who was very very good. Yep. And beating Purdue Fort Wayne on the road, so. You, you gotta you gotta give credit to this colonial team for for coming back and pushing through all of the adversity that they've faced. Michael, I don't know if you have any comments about the Wright State game. No, hundred percent. They definitely needed a much needed win against Purdue Fort Wayne. That's what I was saying earlier in the show that it was desperately needed, a much mm-hmm. needed win, especially on the especially on the road. You need some adver- you need, definitely need some adversity going into it. Yep. Wright State. This game was definitely a shock. I was there live. I was there covering the game for Colonial Sports Network. It was just a very just shocking to see mm-hmm. going into the game i like we all knew that they beat Wright state pretty handily right they I, they yeah. struggled they struggled from the three-point line in that game as well yeah and I, I and now i'm looking looking at it they had it went five for 11 five for 10 and two for six from in the first three quarters they went over eight in the fourth quarter but yeah. that's that, that again that number is that final number is skewed as they went 30 34 percent from a three-point game you would kind of want that from you kind of want that in any game. If you shot thirty-four percent from the three three-point line, that's yeah. pretty dang good. If you're gonna get rid of the fourth quarter, which the game was practically over by that point, right? I mean, yeah, then it's much. Then it's a bigger percentage. If I like, they just couldn't miss from the no. From the I, line. I mean, it was it was. I I think I guess the most shocking thing was I I I unfortunately was not able to attend the game, but uh, I got an update on my phone and it said end of the first quarter twenty-seven ten. Yeah, and I'm like. That's there's no way that's right because twenty seven. I was like twenty seven points in a quarter. Yeah, they're on pace for a hundred and eight. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, and I look at it and I, I check ESPN and I check the RMU game day app and I'm like, it's twenty seven ten. I'm like, what's going on? You know, f- it's f- you know forty eight twenty two at the half. Yeah, and obviously the rest is history, but it, just a, a very out of nowhere defeat that happened. And I listen. Th- those those things happen. Sometimes you lose. That's, a, that's sometimes you gotta get back on the on the wagon and hope you don't tip over again. Very, very, <laughs> very true on that. If we go to moving on to uh, some of the moving on to a actually a breaking news thing that happened last yeah. Friday. It, it, it was not a really pretty breaking news anymore, but it kind of is. Kind of is. We did not mention this earlier that we recorded on Thursday, but yep. on Friday we in, they announced that. Paris Kirk will be out for the season. Mm-hmm. The f- Canadian freshman will be out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL, she announced yep. on our Instagram. And it's a pretty significant blow considering that we did say that Candela Ramadan Solis was going to be out for the year because of personal reasons. Yep. And now they're losing another player in Paris Kirk. Sol Castro is also still still not uh, playing. So yep. the bench is getting shorter and shorter. Like I said before, also, there are only two people that came off the bench. It was... Daniel Voletich and Natalie Johnson coming off yep. the bench in that Purdue Front Wayne win. So the bench is getting shorter and shorter, and the depth is get, is 
getting shorter and shorter as well. Yeah, I, I'm still surprised, you know, the, the, that seven-person rotation, I'm still surprised that Luella Alana isn't getting more minutes than what she is, at least in the last few games. Uh, Paris Kirk, though, yes, out for the year, torn ACL. Yeah, we recorded the, the last podcast on, I believe, the 27th, yep. and then the news was announced on the 28th. Yeah. So some, some pretty unfortunate timing there. But, yeah, I mean, Michael, like you said, uh, a forward, a, a freshman forward, she kind of broke out. Uh, I forget if you could pull that up real quick. I forget what game she kind of broke out in, scored, I believe, 15 points. Uh, but she was averaging 5.2 points per game. And, you know, she she was a – she's 6'2", like, uh, like Daniel Vuletic, just a, a, a nice body to have in the post. And uh, you can pass the ball inside to her, and she can, she can score layups and uh, kick out to open shooters, like – I mean, that's exactly what you want in a post player, right? And uh, losing, obviously, Sol Castro, who's a very good post player and can get inside, and then you lose Paris Kirk for the year, a post player that can get inside. Uh, pretty much it's down to, say, Daniel Vuletic, maybe Phoenix Gideon. I mean, you know, Phoenix Gideon likes to do a lot of her work inside too. She likes to she likes to get inside and uh, score a lot of layups, but – and like you said, that's that seven person rotation. That's that's pretty much what we're gonna see from from here on out. You know, Luella Alana here and there, but that seven person rotation, like you said, Gideon Morris uh they're running out of size. Is that yeah, that's, that's well, I guess that's that's that was a very long winded way for me to say they're running out of size. Yeah. So you know, you have Gideon Morris, Duomo, Amalia, Mastral, and then you have uh Vuletic off the bench, then you have Alana off the bench, you have Natalie Johnson off the bench. So I mean, there you go. But uh, all the best to Paris Kirk. Hope the recovery process. I mean, torn ACLs suck. I've yeah. never had one. But uh, hope the recovery process is smooth and strong as th- this Colonial team looks to move on smoothly and strong into the home stretch. Yeah, Kirk had her coming out party. That was against Waynesburg. She had yes, thank a, you. her career high against nine, had 19. She 19, also had, thank you. Yeah, she had 19. She also had 12 against Wright State as well. Yeah. Basically, everyone went off in that game. Well, yeah. Like I'm, like I was saying that that Wright State game on, uh, that, like I said, on December 2nd, like everybody was good that game. Mm-hmm. Everybody was shooting the ball well, playing good defense, and then going back to that loss also that like it definitely was a big shock, I guess, to everyone to see how significant or how big of a defeat it was in the margin of victory. Right. So, yeah, I mean, here we are, Michael. We, we've got, I believe, six games left. We do. Five of them at home, which is – I th- I think that the team has to be happy about that. I would think Five so, Five of the last six games at home, you know, no no games scheduled in March, you know, home, home stretch time. And you kick off the home stretch against another team. I don't want to – I don't want to jinx them like I did against Wright State apparently, but – against another team that you probably should beat. You know, coming off of that Purdue-Fort Wayne road victory, you got Detroit Mercy, who's currently 3-20, and yep. 1-13. and They shouldn't have lost to them before. The Horizon League. The Detroit game. Yeah. Uh, Robert Morris lost to Detroit? Yes. Oh, I... <laughs> they lost to Detroit Mercy on uh, January 7th. They lost to them. Oh, I see that. 64-58. Yep. Okay, so Robert Morris is Detroit Mercy's only conference win of the season. Probably should have had that one back. I think I mentioned that in the last yep. episode. You want that one back. You obviously want that right state game back. Um, obviously back at home too. Yeah, ba- uh, listen, back at home, you're looking to get revenge on a on a team that's that's bested you already. You're coming off of a 70 point performance. You're coming off of a road victory. 
you know, obviously you get you get four days off in between those those two games, but uh, very nice four game home stretch coming up where I think they can win a, a couple of these games. I definitely agree with you on that. Also, going into going into those games, who do you think will stand out? We obviously know that Phoenix Gideon uh, is has been a double double machine. Simone yeah. Morris. Actually, we have a clip from Charlie Biscaglia on Simone Morris after that Wright State loss. She had a double-double in that game as well. Simone Morris did, and let's see what Charlie Biscaglia had to say about her. She's been one that has really um, you know, had her struggles finishing this year. You know, she's someone that really looks, and you know she has the ability to finish better than she has, but it hasn't been from a lack of effort. It has not been for a lack of effort. You know, we continue to work with her on it, and she's done something this year that uh, might not get noticed as much because most teams play with a lot of times four guards. And she was a guard last year. And she went to the forward this year. So she took that on and I'm proud of her for that because there was no hesitation and you know she accepted it. Whatever the team needs, she was willing to do there. And she still gets her chance to play like a guard sometimes and knock her shot down. But going around the basket as a forward more is something that we've asked of her. And she's going hard, crashing, rebounding trying to go up and finish that ball just doesn't fall sometimes for her but it's nice to see it going a little bit more today and just see her again not have a day where you know that lack of finishing has brought her away I think those are the good examples of saying the buy-in you know like you see how many times we hustle to get in that gap or we're going after that offensive rebound trying to put it in those are the things that anybody should look at and say they're continuing to fight the ball's not going in and they're they're losing their mind sometimes on defense but this team's continuing to work hard we have a short roster and they're working hard. That was head coach Charlie Biscago talking about Simone Morris. That was after the Wright State loss, like we were mentioning earlier. And Kevin, she's, like he said, the, she's had her struggles early in the year. She was definitely has been scrappy. She is now a forward now. She was a guard last year and doing her, doing her own thing now. But I don't know, care to speak on what uh, Coach Biscago had to say about Morris, the sophomore. Yeah, you know, I'm. I think that's actually pretty high praise from from head coach Charlie Biscaglia. Um, but obviously, it's just a testament to the type of player that Morris is, right? Switching roles from from mainly being a guard to now being a forward near the basket, and then very, you know, oriented on on stopping the ball from getting to the basket. Uh, before it's just before being a guard, you know, you're kind of playing more towards the perimeter and more towards the outside you're trying to stop the the point guards from from hitting jumpers but now she's inside she's trying to crash the glass as Pascalia said uh and I think it's paid off you know she's now the second leading scorer on the team averaging 7.9 points per game and you know she's someone that like Pascalia said if the if the shots start falling you know you could see a, a big jump in in numbers for her definitely would echo that uh yeah Simone Simone Morris has definitely been a definitely a key person for this team Mm -hmm. definitely someone that they need for this team to keep the keep the substance for this uh very young team like we also like we have mentioned all last year and also this year as well definitely still a young team is there someone Michael I hate to interrupt you is there someone who you think will shine brighter than the normal down the stretch I um I would probably say we need to see, or probably the the team needs to see more of Alejandra Mastral. I believe she. Yeah. She she's ha- been very she's, quiet. I yeah, believe uh, she's definitely been a little bit quiet. She's only averaging six points a game. That's uh, 
she starts she starts uh, all the games as well that mm-hmm. she's played in, and uh, I just believe that if they want to have, I guess, success moving forward, like obviously everyone needs to play well together, but I right. believe that she's she's been that she's been the leader, I believe, or one of the leaders for this team. This young, this young yeah, team. Yeah, she she seems like she always brings the energy. She she's you know she has a lot of emotion. She has a lot of passion towards the game of basketball. Uh, I I think she's had a pretty quiet season. And you know, obviously, whenever offensive numbers are down, it's going to seem like a lot of players have quiet yep. seasons, right? So obviously, Simone Morris. It seems like she's had a, a little bit of a quiet season until recently. Alejandra Mastral. It seems like she's had a quiet season. Even Mackenzie Amalia, even yeah. though she's averaging almost three assists per game, it seems like she's having a little bit of a quiet season. But, I mean, that'll happen whenever your team's averaging less than 60 points per game. 100% agree on that one. It's been a, uh, it's been a uh, tough season for the, for the Colonials, not the season that they had in mind, especially after a big start to the season that they had this year, mm-hmm. one of the best in program history since or in about, like, 40 years. Yep. So definitely was surprising to see. But if they're going to have some success moving forward, you definitely need to see some people, I guess, having – Better than what they have done, as as I said with Mastral and Amalia, if they're going to have some success, especially against a team that they should beat in Detroit Mercy, I believe that should yep. be a confidence boost moving forward. Yep, that game is is tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow night, night. that will be at the UPMC Event Center yep. at seven p.m. Yep. It's they do need some. They need to string a couple of wins now that they're home. The next four games in a row, that's it'll be against Detroit Mercy, Oakland. Green Bay, and then Milwaukee. That is on February 19th. The Milwaukee game will be. And then they play IUPUI and then Youngstown State to end the year at home as well. So it's been been a roller coaster of a season for the team, a tale of two seasons. And if they're going to have some success, they need some productive work from the two players, like we mentioned, with with Mastro and Amalia. And they need size. Yes, forward. they do, and they need to hit their shots. It's also, hard mo- for a basketball team to win if you don't hit your shots. Also, moving with uh, Morris as well. It's uh, she, moving from a guard to a forward. She's she's fitted that. that that's hard to do. It's it's hard it's to do. Really hard also, to she's do. fit that mold pretty well as well. Yeah, I th- I think so for sure. I th- I think there has to be a lot of praise sent her way, even more than just from head coach Charlie Biscalia, which obviously is high praise. But I mean, just from from more people in general, because I mean, making that switch from from a guard role to now a forward role. And like, like he said, she's still able to be a guard and take some shots. Yep. So you're now a lot more versatile than yep. I guess maybe you thought you were or, or the other players thought you were or the coaches thought you were. You know, like it, it opens up a lot of eyes to, to your ability. But really, really quick, touching on that homestand, you know, a couple teams that you probably, you know, you should beat Detroit Mercy and Oakland and Milwaukee were both teams that they lost to earlier in the season, yep. both lower down in the Horizon League standings. You know, you're trying to get one of those two games, trying to split one of those two games. Obviously, Green Bay and Youngstown State, both at home, both very good teams, both very high in the Horizon League. Green Bay right now tied for the lead with Cleveland State, Youngstown State currently third in the Horizon League. So some very good teams coming to Hoop Township. And then you have the one road game against IUPUI. They won their game at home the last time. So yes, they, they want did. to sweep the if they want to sweep them, especially if they struggled last year against them as well. Yeah, it was, if you want to sweep it, against them, then that would be a good time to do it. Right. And that IUPUI win at home a few weeks ago was exactly like the Purdue Four Wing game. You know, coming in off a couple of losses and, and you're you're fighting and you're scrapping and you're clawing and you get that win over a team that's that's a little bit higher up in the uh, Horizon League conference standing, so it has to feel good. But it all starts tomorrow night, the final six games of the 
2022-23 Robert Morris women's basketball regular season. Tomorrow night, February 9th, 7 o'clock p.m., UPMC Event Center. Robert Morris takes on the Detroit Mercy Titans. Michael. Yeah, it's uh, wrapping up here. It's definitely a, it's, it's a tough couple of games, but if they're going to – if they want to have – a string couple of wins, this is the time to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's I said, the IUPUI, the road game, that they should win. Detroit Mercy, the, the, the game they should have won earlier, and now they should win now. The revenge game, yep. watch them absolutely go off. They, they, have, <laughs> they have that in the back of their mind. Oh, we should have beat them before in Detroit. Yep. And uh, yeah, we want mean, hey, to see a pretty good defeat as well. Know, we don't want to see a close game like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a 34-point uh, a win that would instead be, of a 34-point loss. That would be a great confidence <laughs> boost moving forward. But we will for, see. We will see four around the rim. I am Michael Diemer. That is Kevin Platchett. We will see you following this weekend's games. See you, everybody.